Good morning, everybody. Glad you guys are here this morning. My name's Alex. I'm the pastor here at Ridgeview. And like Joel mentioned, we're on week two of a series called Life Hacks. And uh, if you've heard of Life Hacks, here's the, the definition, the official definition up on the screen here. It's a strategy or technique adopted in order to manage one's time and daily activities in a more efficient way. So the idea of a, a hack is efficiency, things that we can do that maybe make normal tasks a little bit faster, a little bit easier. And so we're looking at not just hacks in these types of things, but actually that the hacks that really allow for the real shortcuts in life that, that really help us. But just for fun, just because I told you I would, I'm going to give you some of these hacks at the beginning of each message. So here's some things that you can do that will make your life a little bit more efficient. You guys ready? One person is ready. Okay. We, we actually put this on our Instagram this week. You know, if you want to make like perfect pancakes, you put them in a ketchup, you know, bottle. It's easier to, to squirt out. Clean the ketchup first. We clarified that, right? People are testifying, yes, do that. So, you know, go home and just eat a lot of hot dogs, put a lot of ketchup on it, and then you'll have that. Isn't that just, aren't you so glad you came this morning? Uh, this is for like all you, this is definitely a dude that did this. This is how you deodorize a room. You put the, like the dryer sheets on a fan. Come on. Uh, this is to motivate your kids to reading. Gummy bear reading, like each paragraph, like you get, you only get that one. You got to read that. Then you get the bear. Then you read the next part. Some of you guys are like, that will motivate you, right? Uh, this one, this one though, I think this one is my favorite. Two bowls that don't fit, you get, uh-oh, <laughs> life changes right there. We just change lives. See, I, I love that because I'm the guy that I'll just stick it in there and, I'm, and I just say, it doesn't need to rotate. <laughs> you ever done that? You're like, you know it's not right. You're just like, it doesn't need to. I'll just stir it. But here, you, you get full rotation, two bowls. You're welcome. Here's the deal, though. These life hacks, I mean, that, that, that is helpful, but they're not really, like, life-changing. Life I mean, it, they can help, but they're not going to all of a sudden, the things that are kind of falling apart in your life, it's going to just bring it together, right? They're helpful, but they're, they're not life-changing. Now, there is an invention that really did change a lot of lives, and that's GPS, right? All of us in our, in our phones have, like, this GPS device that helps us get from point A to point B. What did you use before you had a cell phone with GPS in it? Something that looked like this. Some of you are like, what is that? How many of you have never heard of a Thomas Guide before? Okay. Thomas Guides were like these paper map booklets that you used before GPS existed. And you looked them on on pages and you got directions. And, you know, you'd have to pull to the side because it didn't talk to you. Like you... You have to stop where you're going if you forget, and then you have to keep looking at it, and then if you want to change, you have to stop again and look at it. But I used to have a job uh, in college. I did land acquisition for a home builder, and my job was to drive around in Riverside County and just find vacant property that I could let them know about that they could try to purchase to build homes on. There was no cell phone GPS, so I just went around with this, this Thomas guide, and it kind of sat with me next to in the passenger seat, and we, we developed this bond, but it didn't talk. But it did get me to, to where I needed to go. And then all of a sudden, cell phone technology increased. And now, everywhere you go, for the most part, it's like you put it on in your phone. Any of you 
put it on your phone, even though you kind of know where you're going. I sometimes do that. Like, I kind of know, but I just, I want to know, like, the most efficient way. So from here to my house, like, what's Google Maps going to say? I, I care about those things, even though I know, and some of you know I'm directionally challenged, so I might need that map. But the thing is, even with GPS, it helps us with direction, point A to point B, physically where we're going. But again, not life-changing. It doesn't help us with the direction of our life. It gives us directions, but it doesn't direct our life. GPS, Alexa, Siri, all those things, they don't help us. If, if you're trying to experience, like, work forward in your marriage, computer can't do that. Technology can't do that. If you're trying to help your kids navigate tough decisions, navigate their goals in their life, again, you can't turn to technology. It doesn't offer real-life direction. It can help, but it's not life-changing. And so in this series, we're actually looking at how do we tap into the sources and ultimately the source, who is God, so that we can discover the real shortcuts in life. So we can discover here's the way, the most efficient way, and the best way to move from where we are to where we need to be. And today we're going to talk about this idea of, of trusting, but I introduced last week to these, these certain attitudes, and these are these life hacks. And last week I talked about fear of the Lord. It's the first attitude. If you want wisdom, wisdom is actually how we deal with that shortest distance. How do we live the best life? That's what wisdom is. It's knowing in a situation, in the circumstances we face, the right decision. Wisdom tells us what to say. Wisdom tells us the attitude to have. Wisdom tells us when we should keep our mouths closed, when we should speak up, when we should move forward, when we should wait, when we should change direction. That all comes from wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. That's where it is. It's found in God. And so in this series, we're looking at how do we tap into this wisdom, and wisdom gets in our life through certain attitudes, and it begins with that fear of the Lord. That is, above all the the noise in your life, all the things that you listen to, whether it be the media, whether it be your family, whether it be your own understanding, fear of the Lord is, above all that, I'm gonna turn the volume up on God's voice. His volume will go up and his voice I will take more serious than any other voice I hear. That's the fear of the Lord. That's where wisdom begins to get in. It's the breakthrough point. Today, I wanna introduce you to life hack number two, the second attitude, and I think it's up here on the screen, and it's trust in the Lord. And I wanna actually go back to our theme verse, which I introduced to you last week. And we have a free gift to you that we we gave last week. If you weren't here last week for our launch, on that info table are carabiners with uh, life hacks and the Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And so if you didn't pick one of those up last week, please feel free to grab that. That's just a reminder of what we've been talking about. But let me look at our our theme verses, the picture of that. Theme verse is this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will, he will, and he will make your paths straight. So I introduced this theme verse last week. Today, I actually wanna spend most of the time kind of unpacking those implications. Because what you find in this theme verse in Proverbs 3 is two decisions that you make and one result. 
So two decisions, one result, and they all are under this life pack number two of trust in the Lord. There's three components to that. That's what I want to talk about. The first is to trust in the Lord means this. You trust God's view. That means you trust his view. You trust his vantage point. You trust what he says. You trust what he sees. That's what it means to trust God's view. And that's this first part of the verse, which I just read. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now, I talked a little bit about Google Maps. How many of you guys use Google Maps? Okay, for the most part, I think we do. But have you ever used the map and it told you to do something and you're like, that makes no sense? Right? My problem is I tend to trust Google sense over my own even when I know better. This past Christmas, we were traveling home from the Morro Bay area, and we were caught on the 101. You know that all the passes were closed because of the storm, and the 101 was crazy because that was the only way you could get from north to south, from south to north. So we're going on the 101, and there's this crazy backup on the 101. And so Google Maps told me to get off at this exit and take this alternate route. Well, the thing with Google Maps is they're, they're, they're good, but they don't realize how many people take their directions seriously. And so the traffic that was on the 101 was no longer on the 101, and that was on the detour that they've just created for everybody. And now we were on a mountain road in the middle of Santa Barbara, stuck, all of us, because we trust what Google said. You ever done that? And then, you know, you begin to have, and if you're a man, you, can really, you begin to have those, like, doubts in your mind, like, that was a really bad call. But do I say that? Because it's done. What am I just going to admit that I was wrong? Depends on the quality of relationship you want to have. And so I'm on this mountain road. We're stuck. And we're literally on a hill. So I could have been on the 101, just moving slowly. And instead, I'm on a hill stuck with everyone else. And, you know, it's Christmas. It's, you know, that, that, it was actually post-Christmas, like that joy starting to leave. And you're like, let's open the snacks. Let's just make this like a camp out. And it took us like twice the amount of time to get home. Most of the time I trust Google, but there are times where it doesn't lead me the right way. And this is that idea of trusting God's view. Google sees a lot more than I can see because it's predicting patterns and it knows the traffic flows. I don't know how it does all that, but it does but it still doesn't know always the right choice to make because it doesn't know what everyone else is doing. Trusting God's view is saying, you know what? I need a vantage point that's not of this world because in this world, all you see is what is at this eye level. You can't see bigger than that because you're in your own life. The people that you relate to can't see bigger than that because they're in their own life and they're just seeing what's going on in your life at their level and you're seeing it at your level and it's all at this eye level right here. Well, in life's big decisions and direction and outcomes and goals and what we're going to give our priorities to, you actually have to have a bigger 30,000 level foot vantage point. And that can only come from the one who sees above what we see, and that's God. He's the creator. Like the song we just sang, he's God above it all. And if you really want to know shortcuts in life, you need to know the one who is above it all, because he can see. And so trusting God's view is this idea of like, I trust his vantage point. The scriptures say his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. 
And there's this distance that exists between ours and him. Now, the good thing with God is even though there's a distance, he drew near to us through Jesus. Even though he can far think superior to us, he still draws close into a relationship with us because he wants to lead us. He wants to guide us forward. And that's what trust in the Lord is all about. But again, you need that direction based on how far you want to travel. So for me, recently I was working in a coffee bean close to my house, and this was how far it is. It's four minutes. Now, do I need Google Maps to get home? Based on what I've said, maybe I do. But I kind of know. It's basically one street turns on another street, and I get there. So my vantage point, eh, I don't need that much help with that. Now, if I'm going to drive to Dodger Stadium, and, you know, out here in the Inland Empire, you start to talk to L.A., do you ever like, ooh, that place. Like, you know there's stuff that's going on there, but you don't quite know everything. And here's the, the, the map to Dodger Stadium. Now, this looks like the easiest travel ever. You know, you just go on this line here, and then it just kind of goes down. Is that how it is to travel to Dodger Stadium, for those of you that have been? At 3 in the morning. <laughs> Amen. At 3 in the morning, that's what that looks like. But what they don't see because it's zoomed out is there's all these intricate things that you don't know. So if I'm going to Dodger Stadium, I'm putting Google Maps on. This summer, my wife and I, we hiked a peak in, in Southern California, Mount Wilson. That's what it looks like. Do I need a map for that? Yes, I do. That was my daughter that said that. She knows. <laughs> Thank you, hon. Because if I was just to feel it, hey, babe, let's go to Mount, that's my wife. Hey, hey, babe, sorry, just in case that you're like, who's he talking? My wife, let's go to Mount Wilson. And if I don't have a plan, am I going to get there? Probably not. There's all sorts of routes. There's different things. I need a different plan for the direction that I'm traveling. This is a long hike. It's high risk. So in our lives, our lives are high risk. There's a lot at stake for the decisions that we make, Right? We need direction and we need help. Trusting God's view is saying, this trajectory of my life and the outcomes of my life are far beyond what I can handle myself because I can't see. I can't see the future. Sometimes I can't even overcome my past. And then I'm struggling in my present. And so most of the time, our vantage point is tainted by all the things that we have going on. And so God's saying, you know, I want to direct you. I want to lead you. But the only way that happens is you have to trust the directions that I give you. You have to trust the directions that I'm going to give you. And here's the reality. Trusting in the Lord, you'll see this on the screen, it's not just a mental decision. When I said trust in the Lord with all your heart, it says all your heart. That's not just mental. It's actually you're, you're leaning on it like you would this foundation that you stand on. I trust that this stage is gonna hold me. That's why I'm standing on it. But if it was a piece of plywood with two little sticks, I'm not gonna lean on that. I'm not gonna stand on that. I don't trust that. And so with God, what happens is when we decide to trust him, we're saying I will lean and put my confidence and put the weight of my life on him. He is secure. He will hold all that I have going on. He can handle it. Again, his vantage point is greater than mine. But here's the reality. For us to trust God most of the time means that we have to turn away from trusting other things. 
and I shared this as well on our, our Instagram this past week, but we tend to, to lean and to trust in, in two things as it relates to decisions. The first is the nods, and the second is the odds. The nods are what will people think of a decision that I'm going to make? So have you ever made a decision and you're not sure it was a good decision, but there's people that you care about and you tell them and you wait to see how they react? You ever do that? And by the way they react, you're kind of gauging, do they think that was a good idea? Does that think, do they think it was a bad idea? And depending on their body language, have you ever said anything and they don't say anything at all? I've decided to do this. And they just, sometimes that's the worst because what does that mean? Or if they're really happy, you're like, it was a good decision. If they're mad, maybe it wasn't a good, you know, all of these go, that's, that's that nod. And the, the nods are, it's whether people approve of it or not. Do they like it? Do they not like it? The hard thing with the nods is their vantage point is still limited. And sometimes the people that care about us the most have something at stake for the decisions that we make. And so they can't be completely objective either. Because based on what we do impacts their life. And a lot of times out of love, that can be a good thing. But sometimes it can be they, they want us to do this. They want us to, but they don't know. We don't know. So if we live for the approval of people, it actually entraps us. And that's what the scriptures say in Proverbs, Proverbs 29, 25. It says, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. The fear of man, people's opinion of me and the decisions that I make. If you've ever been trapped in that and you kind of really care what people think about you, you you felt that snare. It's got you and it's hard for you to move forward because you're just kind of waiting for their response. This can happen a lot of times with parents and kids. This can happen with spouses. This can happen with friends, all sorts of people. We gauge what we should do based on the reactions of other people. They're not. Do they nod in agreement? Do they nod in disagreement? The wisdom of the scripture saying is if that's how you gauge your decisions, you're always going to be trapped because you're now basing your life trajectory on what somebody somebody else thinks. And that can be dangerous if they don't have the right perspective. The odds is this. This may be more you. The odds is your success of failure or or failure of this decision is is based on all the available data. So you may be the type of person that you're not looking for the nods of people, their approval or not. You're looking at the facts. What's, What's the probability of this decision going well? You actually have the odds a lot of times in decisions like with, with things related to health. My my mom is a two-time breast cancer survivor. My granddad had cancer. My uncle had, so cancer is like in our family. One of the things, the cancer that they get really like straight with you on is what's your survival rate? And talk about the most like potent picture of the odds. They're saying, what are the odds that you're going to make it through this? Now, I, I've never had that told to me personally, but I have to the people that I love. And to hear that, you're, you're faced with this, is that what my life's coming down to, this percentage that I'm going to make it or not? But even those, the most trained, do they know the future? They have no idea. 
There's only one who knows the future. And it's the God who has the vantage point above all other. And so to trust God's view means I'm going to put my confidence in him, not the approval of people or not my own plans or all the data that I could gather. Now, it's good to get data, right? We don't want to make decisions blindly or foolishly. But even when you make decisions based on all the data that you could gather, you still don't know how it's going to turn out. Not in the things that really matter. You have no idea. This is what the scriptures say about that. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. This is the idea that I have all the data, I have the plan, because I have the plan and because I have the data, it's going to be the best decision. Have you ever gotten data and done your facts and still made a bad decision? I have. I've done that. And you start to look back like, well, did I crunch the numbers wrong? You just don't know. There's just certain times you just don't know. So that idea of trusting in your own mind, if all you're trusting is in your vantage point, you're missing so much more that's going on. So God wants us to get, to get our attention. So that's what it means to trust God's view. The second decision that we make is this. We need to follow God's direction. So trusting in the Lord means we trust his viewpoint. We trust that he can see what I can't see. He knows what I can't know. And then the second is I'm going to actually follow him because of that. I think sometimes in our relationship with God, we trust that he can see. I think most would say, if there's a God, he's going to know more than I do because he's God. Most people would agree with that. The second part, though, of trust in the Lord is just as important. It's not just that his vantage point is greater than ours. It's now because it's greater, I'm actually going to do what he says. That's the second part of trusting. You trust his view, but then you trust his words. And those words become the thing that, that you live, what, live by. This is the second part. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Now, God, he draws near to us. He wants to direct us. He's not so concerned of like what you're going to wear on a Sunday morning, what color socks you should pick out. But he is concerned with your approach to life. He's concerned with how you treat people. He's concerned with what you say yes to, what you say no to. He's concerned with what you build your life around. And the Bible is very specific in that. And so to trust his directions means you actually trust the Bible. So trusting in the Lord is I trust his viewpoint. And then I trust that he's given me his word to guide me. So just like old school, Thomas guide, it's guiding me, but it's only guiding me if I open it and look at it. It's the same. If you want to follow God, you can only follow his directions as you open his direction book, his guidebook. And that's the Bible. Now, for some of us, we may have had a lot of experience with the Bible, reading it from a very young age. And you started reading it maybe from the beginning. You started reading it and getting into certain books. And you're like, this is so boring. Have you ever felt that about the Bible? It's okay. You can even nod. Because there are some parts, if you jump in, you have no context, you're like, what on earth is this? You're turning pages, and you don't even know what you just read. 
I was one of those readers sometimes. My eyes just scan, and I can read, but I'm not reading at the same time. Anyone else like that? Like, I've read every word, and I'm turning it. What was that about? There were like words on a page, and I read it. Well, God's word is not like that textbook that you had in history. It can feel like that, but it's not just an assignment to check off. It's instruction. It's life-giving. It's life-saving. It's his word. It's his instruction. And so here, here's just some practical ways. If you've, if you've never read the Bible for yourself, here's like four ways that you can begin to get into it. So here's how you can approach God's word as a guidebook. Number one. Read it generally. Just means you begin to read it. So one thing I would encourage you to do, sometimes if you've never read the Bible, if you start at the beginning in the book of Genesis, that can be kind of rough, especially as you get to Numbers. I mean, it's good to read Genesis, but you may not want to start there. So you might want to start, like open the Bible like a jar, jar, J-A-R, it's across John, the book of John. It's a book about Jesus' life. You can read the book of Acts, it's, story of the early church and kind of how Christianity got started. And then you could read the book of Romans. And all these you can find in the table of contents in your Bible. We have Bibles if you don't have one. We could point you towards that. But you may want to start generally, just read the book of John. Just read like a paragraph at a time. You don't have to read all of it in one sitting. Just read a paragraph. Read for five minutes. But just begin to read it generally. You can ask questions like, what is this saying? What does this mean? How does this view differ from my own? And begin, begin to engage in it. The second is once you read it generally, you, you want to read it specifically. And there's actually a lot of tools for that. And, and I actually want to encourage us, if, if you guys are with me, I have a, a thing that we could do together as a church that we could read specifically over the next few days. I say few days, it's like 31. Several? Several, right? 31 is a month? How's that? Uh, it's since we're, we're talking about wisdom, wisdom in the Bible is found in wisdom literature. And those are like Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Well, there's a, a app on the iPhone called YouVersion. Go to the next slide, and it looks like this. If you've never downloaded this app for your phone and you're interested in getting in the Bible, this is a great tool because you can look up plans, Bible plans, based on topics. If you're struggling with anxiety, or you want to learn more about what the Bible has to say about finances or parenting, you could search that, and it will give you a Bible plan, and it's got a daily, uh, like, devotional where you can read someone's kind of advice to you, and then you get into the Scripture. Always get into the Scripture. That's the most important part because that's God's directions. But as a church, if you go back to that other slide, I thought since we're talking about wisdom, we could do a plan together, and it's called the Wisdom of Proverbs and it's put together by the Bible Project, which have done some really good things, uh, summarizing themes in the Scripture. And in this, they have uh, videos. How many of you are like, I need, some vid- I need some visuals? If you're like that, this will help. Because it's good to read, but it's also got some videos that will kind of thematically show you what you're going to be reading and learning about. And so if you write Bible plan on your connection card, I will send that to you. And I thought it would be fun that we could just do this together. When I mean do it together, it's not, you know, I'm not going to email you every day. But just knowing that there's other people that are doing it is good. And so if you're interested in doing that, write that. But that's, that's where, okay, I want to get into something specific and learn what the Bible says. So this is specific about wisdom. So to get into the Bible as a guidebook, I have to open it. I need to read it generally. 
need to read it specifically. And the third is to acknowledge it. Now, God's word to us can sometimes be like the relationship we used to have with our parents when they told us to do something. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, I hear you. I got, I, yes, I have, yes, I know what you're saying. You guys know what, like that dynamic? Like if you've ever been a parent, you know they, they haven't listened to a word you've said. Yeah. By your yeah, do you mean yeah or do you mean no? Right? And with God, sometimes we do that. We read the Bible, it's like, yeah. It's kind of like whatever. Whatever. Right? Doesn't that happen? I know what happens to me. It's like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. I don't look at that. I know you're trying to get to something, God, but yeah. To acknowledge the scriptures actually, like, Old school, if you're on a ship and the captain tells you to do something, what, what's their answer to the captain? Aye, aye. Aye, aye, captain. And they'd repeat it back. Aye, aye, captain. It's an acknowledgement. I hear what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I'm repeating what you're saying, and I'm going to do what you've said. Some of you are like, how do I get my kids to do that? Well, turn your home into a ship. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't do that. And don't tell him Ridgeview Church told you to do that, okay? But it's that, that God, his vantage point is so great. His knowledge is so vast. His love is for us. And he gives us these directions and, and we should, aye, aye. You know, this happened to me this, this past week. One of the things I've been sensing God is telling me, is like, I need to, I need to grow in patience, I hate that. If I can be honest, like God started to put his finger on that for me. I don't know if he does that to you, but you, you get this sense of there's something you need to do and you kind of know inside you need to do it. And then everything begins to like, okay, okay. There's like the waves. And I've just been realizing like my own life just, just kind of, you know, uptight a little bit. I just sense God's like, you need to be, you need to be patient. And I wasn't really wanting to address it with God. I was like, yeah, I'll get to it. It's like the yeah. But he, he shifted it to no, no, it's, it's I, I. And I read this this past week, Ecclesiastes 7, 8. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning, and the patient is in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. So this stuff was going on, and then I read that. You think God got my attention? That's what happens. As you read it, it begins to this shift where like something happens inside you where it's kind of like, wow, that, that's something different. I needed that. That is a different perspective. And that's what happened with this. As soon as I read it, I was like, all right, God, you, you put your finger on it. Better is the end than the beginning. You know, we live in a time where everything is immediate. We want everything to happen right now. Do you know how long it takes for me to change? Dude, I'm hard-headed. And you probably are too. Because we tend to be like that. It's hard for us to change. So if I look at my own life and how slow I am, and for things to develop and people 
and for things to happen that we don't have control, it just takes time. God is working in ways we just don't know, and you have to wait on him. That's what he just, just I'm, I need to wait on God. I need to wait on God. Yeah, and then he gave me this. I, I, I get you now. Yes, my captain, I hear you. You're leading me, you're directing me, and this is the way. Then that leads to the next. So you read it generally, you read it specifically, you acknowledge it. Okay, I hear you, God. The next is you memorize it. How many of you have not memorized something since you were in school? Don't raise your hand, it's okay. But God's word is something that it's supposed to be memorized, but you don't have to have a test. I was really good at memorizing things but five minutes after the test that I took to memorize it, I forgot everything. You guys ever had that? It's like I had my flashcards. I'm just like, pass the test out. Pass. It's like, you know, leaking out. Pass, pass it out. I got to get that answer. And then just, 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 I leave the class. They could have asked me the same question. I didn't even know what it, I wouldn't know the answer anymore. Well, God's word is, is different than that in memorizing. We hear memorizers like, what? I'm not school. What? But it's this idea that you get it inside your heart where it becomes like a reference point. You pull it out when you need it. And so for me, I needed to begin to read that Ecclesiastes 7.8. I need to memorize that. So in those moments where I'm just feeling like I'm rushing and moving ahead of God, Ecclesiastes 7.8, better is the end of a thing than in the beginning. Better is the patient in spirit than the proud in spirit. That's like me saying, come on, Alex, remember the truth. Follow God's directions. The thing about God's directions are when you're reading it, you can follow them. But how many of you are reading the Bible all day? None of us, right? But if you memorize God's word, even just one verse at a time, or when something speaks to you, you now have that to pull out. And it's amazing you find yourself in situations where you can pull out the word of God and it speaks to you. So that's why often on Sundays, I encourage you to memorize a verse. Not for an assignment, but if you can begin to memorize that, you now have a truth that can guide you in the middle of something that you're facing. And that's really important. So all of that, reading it generally, reading it specifically, acknowledging it, memorizing it, it all leads to this. And that is that lasting joy is found when we apply God's word. That's where we go from trusting his view, his vantage point, to following his directions. That's that, obedience. Trust in the Lord. I trust he's taking me somewhere, and I'm going to follow him where he's taking me. Those are those two that come together. So those are those two decisions. Trust God's view, follow his directions, and here's the promise. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, watch God straighten your paths. And that's the last part of the verse. It says, and he, they're on the screen, and he will make your paths straight. That's the promise. If you trust in him over your own vantage point and anyone else's, the nods or the odds, and in all your ways you acknowledge him and you follow his directions, you do what he says, even when it doesn't make sense your paths will be straight. I just want to speak just real to you for just a moment as I close out. I think this is one of those things that you have to experience for you to realize it's true. 
Because for me, there's so many times when God's told me to do something that all I see is a crooked line. Like I think about my day and all that I have to do. I know the shortest line. Know what I have to do and do it. Point A to point B. But God tells us to do things like love people and serve them. Is that the shortest line between what I have to do in my day? No. That's taking me on some detours that I don't want to have. But I think what we fail to realize in life is so many times we have all these plans of what we want to do, but does it ever really work how we want? Like our day? No. And our weeks and our months? I know so many of you have been struggling with sickness. My wife's at home with our two sick boys. Talk about a plan that you have and then it just falls apart. You get sick and everything's changed. You face circumstances. Things happen at your work. Things happen in your relationships. And all the things that you had was this straight line and now it's, it's crooked. So, so here's the thing what it means with following God. Most of the time, we look and we create a straight path in our plans, but it's just crooked and it's all over the place. And we end up actually being lost and we're just trusting in our own vantage point. With God and his ways, we look, and we look at the, the path, and it looks crooked on the front end, and we like, I'm not, I can't do that. Because it doesn't look like it will get us to where we want. But here's the promise. He will make your path straight, but you only know the path is straight after you actually enter on the path and you trust him. Fear of the Lord, trust in the Lord, that's what faith is. It's like a coin. They're both sides of faith. I fear God. I take him seriously. I trust in his viewpoint, and I'm going to do what he says. That's what faith is. And so faith with our life is saying, you know what? It doesn't look like it's exactly going to get to this most efficient, this straight path, the plan that I want. But I'm willing to trust God that he's going to take me to where I need to be. That's actually what it means to follow Jesus. I'm willing to give up control of wanting to keep the straightest path, knowing that God's ways may be different. It doesn't look like it's going to get me to where I need to be. The good news is that's true. God actually most of the time won't get us to where we thought because he has something so much greater and so much richer because, again, his vantage point is different than ours. So for us, the trap is on the front end with our own plans, it looks like the straightest path, but it never is. With God's on the front end, it looks so crooked. But then when you take it, it was straight. That's what it means to trust his view. On the front end, I don't know how it's going to work out. But if I do what he says, the path will be straight. And so I want to encourage you just with some, some next steps today as the band comes up. There's three next steps. I've given you actually kind of some of these already. The first I gave you last week, and it's just to memorize that that theme verse that I've talked about today. If you've never memorized this verse, this can be a really helpful tool to you. How many of you just get stressed out in your week? Anybody, anyone ever get stressed? I think we all do. There's times where we just need just something to just kind of hold on to. And, and this, this verse, this Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. The good news with that, if you ever feel like you just don't know what to do, you ever feel like you, you're coming up short, that's 
Because you are, like you don't know. So sometimes this, you just need scriptures that just help you remember, okay, I don't need to trust in myself and my plans. I need to trust in the Lord. I don't need to lean on me. I need to lean on, on him. So you may want to memorize that. How you memorize, that's, that's up to you. You may want to get like a flash card. Just write Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 on one side. Write the verse on the other. Old school. They also have apps that you can memorize on your phone, however you want to do it. You could write it on your mirror. People do that. I never do that, but you could. So you could try that. The next is sign me up for the the Wisdom of Proverbs uh, Bible Plan. So if you just write Bible Plan on there, um, I'll send you the information so you can get signed up to that. If you've never read the Bible for yourself, this is a good way to start because Proverbs are actually very helpful sayings and they're short statements. They just have wisdom in life. It kind of prevent us from living the school of hard knocks. And then the last one is ask God for direction with blank daily. So is there something you're facing in your life that you need wisdom, you need to know the path, but you're just confused? It could be with your, your finances. It could be with your kids. It could be at work. One of the things that you acknowledge him is you, you just pray and ask for help in that area. So this, this week, Starting tomorrow, Monday through the next week, just pray every day, God, will you help me for direction in my parenting? And then if you begin to read the Bible, what happens is as you're praying for that, God brings insight. And so I encourage you, you can memorize, sign up for the plan or, or ask God direction. If you mark that on your connection card at the, 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 the backside of that, drop it in. I'll, I'll pray for you this week as we take these next steps. Again, it's knowing his vantage point, and then it's doing what he says. And so these next steps are kind of the the way to help us do that. So if I've never met you before, I'd love to meet you after the service. If you you didn't get that free gift from last week, um, they'll be at that table, the info table. Please stop by and grab that. And uh, if you've, you know, see someone here that you've never met before, I encourage you to introduce yourself uh, to them. We're so glad that you guys were here to worship with us. Let's pray together. God, thanks for the insight of your word that sets us straight, that actually wakes us up a little bit. We get in ruts of just the way we've always done things, the way we've always seen things. But your word has a way of just lighting up some dark spots in our minds and in our hearts. And so I ask, God, that you will just show us just some things that we may need to acknowledge just your truth in, maybe a different pattern we need to have a different attitude. God, your, your word is the power, and it, it gives us just the truth that cuts through some of the hardness of our heads and some of the hardness of our hearts. So God, I pray this next week that we'll be able to open it and really receive instruction from you. Tell us what we need to hear, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.